You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This bar is tended by the founders of the American Association of Whiskey Peeps. The statue-loving historian himself, Trico, brings you the facts one indictment at a time. Foxy Babe's staff keeps the boys in line. And of course, the color man, Big Dev, and his old Roman mind. So fill your glass with rye and raise it up on high, because this is your shot of history. Hello and welcome back to Shot of History. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm the color man, Big Dev, back. I know. I, we did all those shows without you. <laughs> yeah. It was like really weird. Yeah. Four four whole weeks of no Big Dev. I know. And those are the only shows that I've actually listened to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and today we are missing our historian, Trico. Yep. Uh, he's, he's got a sore throat. Sucking all that dick. (laughs) (laughs) So as as our stand-in for for Trico, we have Dave. I just I've noticed that whenever you guys have something randomly go wrong and I happen to be here (laughs) doing stuff, suddenly I'm here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, well, it's never a bad time. We're we're like the coolest, and then second of all. I mean, we're talking about super cool history stuff. You're going to yeah. learn some cool things. And uh, there's booze. There's, there's yeah. humor. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was, I was here for the pubic war discussion. It's always a good time. <laughs> the history of the pubis? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was in the 80s. And it yeah. was Playboy versus Penthouse, if I recall correctly. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it started in the 70s, though, because that 70s Bush oh, yeah. was like... <laughs> Oh. Well, but the war didn't start yeah. until the 80s because <laughs> right, right. that's yeah. They had to like figure out which way they were going to go and the whole thing was crazy. So today I'm going to be the historian. Yay. And it's been a while since I've done a, like yeah. I've led a conversation. I, I usually don't have time to research stuff. But I mean, I, normally you unintentionally lead the conversation because Trico's sitting over there struggling, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I grab my cell phone and I just try to yeah. pull things up as fast as I can to stop him from drowning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to try and help my friends. It's a good quality. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but today I actually did research. Um, we're going to talk about the history of tattoos. And I got to, there's going to be several other shows that talk about this, but specifically, um, I bought two books. And the book that I did the research on um, for this show is called Bodies of Subversion A Secret History of Women and Tattoo by Margot Mifflin. Um, it came out like quite some time ago, but this is like a new version with more pictures and like more updated information. So um, it talks about basically women um, starting in, like, Europe. It doesn't go as far back as the history of tattooing because that's been happening since, like, indigenous tribes, like, before. This goes back to, like, when it was uh, probably becoming a a subculture for women in in Europe. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it starts off, like, in the 1800s -hmm. um, in Europe, and then it goes from there. I was not able to read the entire book, but I have so many notes just off of the first, like, fourth of the book (laughs) that I feel like I felt confident coming in here and doing at least one to two shows on this. So we're going to see where this takes us. I like it. We're talking about tattooed ladies. I mean, 
I, I be... wish I had a uh, account on Suicide Girls, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's some, there, in this book, there's a lot of um, photos. There's some really cool, um, like, older ones from the 1800s, and then they have a lot of modern, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. you can see here, like, there's just, like, a lot of modern stuff because it takes it, like, up until, um, you know, like, I think 2000, around 2000. So you get to see, like, kind of how things change. Um through pictures and obviously through the telling of the story. Nice. <laughs> so nice. it's kind of cool. I'm excited. Um, but we're going to start off. Well, in- and obviously a, an area of interest for you because, I mean, as, as everybody who knows you knows, you yes. do have great tats. I, I love tats. I said that right. I'm so tats. happy. Yeah. I was yeah. really worried. I was like, he's going he's gonna <laughs> to throw, throw it under the bus here real quick. <laughs> Wait, nope, nope. He recovered. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I have great tits too, yeah. but you know, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, right. We're going to do a shot a before shot. we get started. Yes. Uh, I'm drinking this hand-selected barrel is it, it's like isn't it like a single barrel? It's small single batch. barrel crown. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's very delicious. I'm very excited that Dave is sharing it with me. God God bless the guys at the liquor store up yeah. the street because they know what I buy. And so they're like, hey, just you know, we've got we this. found a way that we could get this stuff. And I'm like, all right. So like yeah. every week I've been like, Did you get it yet? They're like, No man, no, like two it's, weeks, two it's weeks. Com- it's like and then it's like secret. and I walked in last week and they were like and they're like, wait, wait, wait. And they go running out of the room. They come running out. They're like, we've got it. <laughs> Those guys love Dave. Yes. <laughs> Dave's there like every other I'm week. I'm sure <laughs> I've helped pay their mortgage yeah. <laughs> ever since we moved in here. I'm, I'm quite sure. Right. Oh, right. Sure. Well, cheer- what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Traverse City Whiskey Company uh, straight bourbon. I got it as a uh, as a gift from, uh, from Andy for uh, DJing his wedding. Oh, very cool. So, Well, cheers. Cheers. Ooh. This is like the kind of whiskey you can sip. You don't even have to do not, it as a shot. Not that you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was the last time when I was recording my other show True. on the way station, I was sipping it because it just has like, it's just the, the flavor is amazing. Good job, Crown. I love you anyway, but this is, this is fantastic. Ah, so anyway, let's, let's get to these tattooed ladies. Um, well, I mean, nowadays it's not such a weird thing to see women with tattoos like and they're kind of in mainstream culture and that that really started when Mattel did the 40th anniversary Barbie and they tattooed her she had like tattoos on her and that was in like 1999 and I think that's where a lot of people say like that's where tattoos hit like such a mainstream because Barbie's like this cultural icon and to have her be tattooed um, as, as was a it a, was female, it a, a lower back tattoo? I, you know what? I haven't seen pictures of it. I was going to Google it. So maybe, you know, if anybody has a chance to Google the 40th anniversary or the 40th you birthday. You can't put a tramp stamp on Barbie. No, you most certainly can. I mean, well, you could. <laughs> well, you could. I just think, yeah, I don't think that they would have done it. It's probably like an arm or like, you know, maybe a leg. We'll see. Um, I'm researching right now as cool. we speak. I'll keep talking and you let me know when you find it. Um, and then we also have, like, you know, Kat Von D, who is probably the most prevalent uh, female tattooist in the world right now. I mean, I think she's she's got skill. I think she's way better at marketing herself than than oh, anything because yeah. I know that there's a lot of other fantastic female um, tattoo artists that I, I personally think are better. Not saying she's not good. So she's the <laughs> apple of tattoo artists? <laughs> hey, I love apples. That's kind of the I only mean, fruit I eat. No, I meant the company. 
Oh, yeah. Apple. I thought you meant like Apple like, as in fruit. Like as no, in like as in not, Jobs. not the best product, but, <laughs> but hella marketing. Oh yeah, no, she's definitely, and she, you know, she has her own makeup line and all that crap. Um, and there's like different waves. Um, it, it kind of coincides with the the feminist waves. Um, there was the first wave feminism, like in the late 19th century. That was the first craze of women starting to get tattoos, and then. The suffragettes in the 20s was like the second resurgence of tattoos in women. And the 70s brought female tattoo artists to the forefront. Like it made them, you know, more prevalent. And it wasn't such a so it wasn't so stigmatized, I guess, right, by right. then. Um, have you found anything yet? Um, I'm looking through. I'm, I can't tell if this is stuff that people have. Homemade fan art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they use a Sharpie. They're like... Well, so there's there's definitely varying quality. <laughs> I'm guessing this is probably the one that they officially released. I'm not sure, but it looks like she's got the like the cowl tattoo going on. Well, okay, this is this is done by Tokidoki. Oh, that's so a different one. So this is um, out of Japan. This is probably a newer thing, but this she looks great. Barbie's got it going yeah. on. Love the pink hair <laughs> and the she's got like the flowers up on her neck. Like that is really right, cute. right, right, right. When I find when we find the actual pictures, we'll post them on our uh, shot of history Facebook page so y'all can see it. But. Um, it wasn't until like 1939, um, when television became a thing, they had their first televised beauty contest. And Betty Broadbent, who I'm going to get a little bit more into as we go on, was the first um, tattooed, like heavily tattooed, not like a little tattoo. She was covered from her mm-hmm. neck to her ankles in tattoos. Oh, okay. So she was, she was, um, in this beauty contest, obviously she didn't win because <laughs> at this time that was not a traditional standard of beauty. Right, right. Um, but they let her in, and I thought that was pretty epic. Um, but we're going to go back to um, 1882. Uh, the first woman who got into doing, like, sideshow mm-hmm. work um, was Nora Hildebrandt. And they call them tattooed circus ladies because there, there was two different things that they would do. They would travel with circuses and they would also go to museums and people would come to museums to like kind of stare at them and like, mm-hmm. you know, like ask, like they could like touch them. They used to get studied by scientists and like sociologists. Um, it's kind of oh, an interesting. What's wrong with you? So for what it's worth, the official Mattel Barbie had a pink butterfly around her belly button. Yeah, oh, the butter, butterfly terrible. art Barbie. That yeah. Tokidoki one was way cuter. Yeah. Well, and they also sold a Ken doll that came with temporary tattoos that you could put place on him. Did, did it, was oh. it like the barbed wire to go around oh, his belly? Probably bicep? the the <laughs> tribal tattoos. Yeah, and there was a Barbie totally styling tattoos yeah, that was yeah, released. Yeah. That had basically the equivalent of like, you know, press on tattoos and it was like cupcakes and stars. <laughs> that and makes me happy though, because it's showing people that it's okay to be tattooed. Yeah. It's showing young girls that you can be what you want to be and you right. don't have to worry about it. Oh, well, it was I mean, it was probably let's see, that's ninety nine, so you probably have a lot of parents trying to explain to their kids the horrible back tattoo that they have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I I have a back tattoo. I'm not saying your back tattoo is bad. It's I'm not just saying. horrible. But at the same time, am I going to get it revamped and made into something different? Absolutely I am. It was my first tattoo. It looks good. It's just now that I'm yeah. a little bit more grown up, 
I have a way better idea, and I can cover it super easy. So, so and it's available for thirty four dollars from Amazon.com. Oh man, I'll still I, find there it. we go. I might, I might need to get it just you know to put it. I used to want to have a fish tank filled with Barbie dolls. <laughs> a fish tank filled with Barbie dolls. Yeah, but like I was gonna do weird things to them. Oh, and you can buy the Tokido one uh, for fifty bucks. Hmm. Also, that on might be worth it because she's kind of she's kind of styling. I was gonna say that one. I don't play with definitely dolls way better, anymore, but you know. Um, so yeah, Nora Hildebrandt, um, she was tattooed by her husband and I have his name here. I have so many notes, so I apologize if this sounds a little convoluted. The book itself is very good, but it jumps around a lot. And so it was really hard to take, um, like linear notes. Right. So if I jump around a lot, just know that that's how I read, like the book is written. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Um, I'm sure it has something more to do with like trying to tie in modern experience with like an older take on why, this was weird and like design lineage yeah, and that and kind of stuff. There was like these. Um, okay, so there was Nora Hildebrandt, and then there was Irene Woodward, and they came out um, basically right around the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Irene was beat to the museums and the circus, you know, uh, circuit by Nora by just a few weeks. Okay, so they were like really. Close at the same time. Um, and at the time, like if you joined like a sideshow or something like that, it was popular to say like you had to have a backstory of why you had so many tattoos. Right. And they would often say that they had been kidnapped by savages <laughs> and that that was like something that ha- that was done to them. It was against their will because to be a proper woman, you can't have chosen right, to get right. all these tattoos. I mean, we're talking about the late you know 1800s. And so they had these backstories. So Nora, who was tattooed by her husband, lied and said that her father did it to her as a means of torture. Um, Her husband ended up opening up the first uh, American street shop in New York. He did a lot of work for a lot of these other women that I'm going to be talking about. Um, So we're talking about, like, the first generation of, like, tattoo shops and – the first, the, and actually, we're going to talk about the person who created the tattoo gun, which is one of the men that was oh, okay. married to yeah, one yeah. of these women. So there's there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, so not only do you have these women that are getting tattoos done, kind of on the DL, but they're making up stories, and then the people that are giving them tattoos are also setting up this subculture of like, will willingly do these tattoos, knowing the repercussions of doing them. Right. And because they were men, it was okay. Because at this time, I mean, sailors were getting tattooed. And even, it was still a little taboo for men to be getting tattooed, but not like on the same level as women. Women are supposed to be proper and, you know, never do, you can't fart because you're a woman, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Don't ever do anything bad. Um, So the difference between Nora and Irene was that Irene had a longer career. Nora wasn't as good looking as Irene was. And so they, and by good looking, we're talking about 1800 standards. Okay. Let me just be honest with you. I've seen these pictures. Yeah. Neither one of them was like hit or anything, but right. by our standards, it would just be like, okay, one of them's kind hotter. Of, kind than of the frumpy. Other. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how do we judge this? <laughs> no offense. These women yeah. were pioneers, even right. though they lied. But right. uh, <laughs> so um, they would tour museums and they'd be like poked and prodded by. Uh, doctors and scientists and, you know, people would come and look at them like, you know, they were a freak show. And mm-hmm. a lot of them ended up joining the circus um, as like a primary goal to make money. Right. Um, once Nora and Irene came out, 
a lot of other women kind of followed because they realized during this time, like, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s, women were trying to make money. And this seemed to be like an easy way to make money. Right. Um, without having to like have a skill. You just, or you, sell you, your. I was going to say, so prostitution was yeah. out by this time? Uh, or, or sell your stuff. They weren't ready for that, but they were ready to get yeah. needles from their neck to their ankles. I mean, over the course of just a couple of years. Okay, I've been working on this for like seven or eight years. Like I can't imagine getting my whole body done over the course of like three or four so, years. So were a lot of these early tattoos mostly black and white or were Yeah, they, they were done with Indian ink and okay. needles. Kind of like, you know, they do it in prison. Right. You know, they, they break a pen and, right. you know, stab it in yeah. there. Um, <laughs> I watched Oz. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like um, Irene Woodward is kind of like the biggest icon of the 1800s. She died in 1915 and there's apparently like 38 wax figures of her in Europe. Um, and, you know, she was kind of like a big deal back then. Um, kind, kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, but like I was saying before, um, you know, sailors were kind of the first to come out with, you know, having all these tattoos. Um, there's a question of whether or not, like, this is brought on by industrialization, like the fact that people had to find, like, which is weird because... In, during industrialization, people had more options for jobs, mm-hmm. but these women were choosing instead of working, you know, in a factory or doing something like that to get their bodies distorted and try to. Become, oh, I, I mean, they wouldn't have had a whole lot in in terms of job options. It was like working in a loom factory or. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, I was gonna say up until about like World War Two or probably right. World War One. World War One, I, I yeah, think you, was like you would assume. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was yeah. The men went to work. Right. Tech, yeah, they basically work, worked <laughs> in textile factories. Home. Yeah. I mean, that's that that was their jobs other than potentially tattening up their body and right. making money off of that. Yeah, well and they, and they saw that like um cuz some of these men, uh these sailors were going to the museums and getting paid like $1000 a week. Right. Which is way like a ton of money at that time. They were getting paid a thousand dollars a week to display That's like their tattoos. That's decent money now. I know. Like I want to get inked and make a thousand dollars a week and have people just poke <laughs> and prod me. Like I'm fine with I that. I think that brings us right back to Suicide Girls, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's a whole other thing. Po- poked and prodded, yes. I, I mean, I don't really um wanna get poked and prodded in that kind of way. <laughs> um but I think that's what inspired a lot of these women to um do things like this instead of like trying to find a traditional job that they could have found for themselves. Um, so they started off like doing the museum thing. It led the way um, to the circus side show. Um, Actually, there's a good follow up question. So was this, and I guess this would probably fit into the whole working demographic. Was it mostly younger women that were doing this? Mostly older women that were doing this? Younger or? women. Um, a, a lot of them started like uh, one of the ones that I'm going to get to um, as we go through, she was 17. She was like a nanny or something. And she, well, that's old back then. She decided that's, at 17 yeah. and like over the course of the yeah, year. Yeah, she was going to be dead in 20 years anyway. Yeah. She like, <laughs> she, at 17, she left home, got tattooed, and just joined the the freak show circuit. Yeah. And Literally, I'm going to run away and join the circus. Yes. yes. I feel amazing. like this is where that came from because this happened a lot apparently in, you know, during this time. So, um, yeah, so the, there's a circus sideshow aspect where the women ended up going to these things because they made more money mm-hmm. because they'd be touring and they'd have, like, you know, a set amount of shows. Um, 
and more people were attracted to going to the sideshows to see them because they were dressed a little bit more scantily clad. And by scantily clad, I mean they were like it's not really scantily clad. They showed clad. elbow. Yeah. At, at some point, a, tube, a tube top and underwear, basically. Right. Depending on how much of their body was covered, I'm, I'm assuming. And they would do kind of like a reveal. Like, they would come out fully dressed, and they would do kind of like a reveal. Like, mm. they would take off a sleeve, and then another so, uh, sleeve. So, peep show. Yeah, but they would never... So, so kind of burlesque Yeah, yeah. But, like, so much more appropriate than, like, a burlesque show would be now. Like, where somebody just comes down to pasties and a thong <laughs> or whatever it might be. Right. Um, they were still pretty covered. And so there was a well, big draw nobody's getting their areolas tattooed <laughs> back then, I'm sure, because it wasn't... I'm sure it wasn't very... Uh, very uh, Hygienic? Yeah. Safe? Sanitary? <laughs> yeah. uh, stop me when I hit the right word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those words. <laughs> I just... I don't know why people do it now. It just sounds really painful. Like, yikes. But, you know, teach their own. You gotta get that right shade of pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, and one of the great things about these women was that it wasn't, like, about a feminist agenda. It wasn't about pushing sexual boundaries. It was just um, trying to be accepted in the middle class, which is why they made up these lies about how they got the tattoos. Well, I'm sure some of this does lead into, like, a sexual revolution because, you know, they're becoming a little bit more free with their bodies. Well, yeah, they're definitely showing, you know, they're showing off a little bit more than they probably would have a while ago. (laughs) Um, You know, so in uh, 19 or 1891 was the invention of the tattoo machine, which made it more available. Mm -hmm. And it drew in like, uh, like all sorts of shops started like blossoming at this time because there was like, they were being overrun because now Mm -hmm. instead of having to sit there forever and just get like poked with, you know, like double, triple needles, they had this, you know, tattooing machine. Um, another, see, and this is why I'm saying this is convoluted because uh, we're going back to Irene Woodward again. Um, she had a backstory as well, mm-hmm. and her backstory was that she was tattooed by her father again. I don't know, like what what was it with like the tattooing by their fathers? Um, it's kind of strange. That seems a little sketchy. It's like <laughs> so it's okay to talk about your father abusing you by tattooing you, but it's not okay. And it goes further in because like there's like talk of savages and like other things, you know. Well, so and that, like that was kind of my question with the whole like sailors and and that whole thing. Like did some of that and I and I know you're sticking more with modern history, but it would seem to me that some of that might have come from, and it would be logical if it did, that the sailors were the ones that were winding up on these islands with, say, mm-hmm. the Maori tribes and, and those guys that had been doing this for hundreds and thousands of years. Right. Hey, that's cool. And, well, let's be honest, they were white, and yeah. us white people do have a history of cultural appropriation. Right, right. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. The history of, <laughs> the history of tribal tattoos. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we'll get there because I have an yeah. entire book, and it's a, it's an actual. It's like something that a historian wrote. Right. Right. So it, it and it's very weird because it throws you right into it without any explanation of the tribes or anything. It's just like this tribe did this to their young women, and da da da. Like it's yeah. so it's very dry. It's hard to get through. That's why I decided to start with right. this and like kind of ease my way in. Yeah. But um, back to the the father thing. I'm I'm guessing part of that was they wanted to. Uh, distance themselves from their from their lives prior to this because you know 
people probably back then are like, well, who's, whose dad would allow them to do this? You know, right. Who's, who's, whose dad or mother allows Bad a parenting. pregnant pro- Yeah. So <laughs> if you say, well, my dad did this, did this to me as a form of torture, then you're like, they're like, oh, you know, it's bad stock to begin with. Right. Well, and it's all kind of connected here talking about um, the first uh, tattoo machine because Woodward was in fact tattooed by Samuel O'Reilly, the tattoo machine inventor, and his soon-to-be-famous apprentice, Charlie Wagner, who ended up marrying another um, sideshow tattooed yeah. woman, um, which I'll get to again. Um, so the the first tattooed woman that had a legit uh, story about being forced to be tattooed yeah. um, was Olive Oatman, and she was taken by Indians. Uh, the... Yavapai or Yavampi? I can't. Mm-mm. I can't read my own writing, so I'm not. That's not an indictment. <laughs> I just can't read my own writing. So um, I can't prove nor deny. <laughs> yeah, I can either confirm nor deny. <laughs> so it, it's probably the wrong the way that I pronounced it. Um, and she was traded to uh, the the Mohaves, the Mojave Indians, who tattooed blue lines on her and her sister's chins. Um, there was no tribal symbolism there. Um, it was just meant to enhance features. And um, she, w- she ended up being returned um, to the U.S. Army, and her sister didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happened where her sister didn't make it. Um, and at first she went along with the story that she was their slave, and they forced her, but um, the, the Mohaves did not ever um, tattoo slaves. They only tattooed family. So okay. eventually, like, it came out that, I mean— these Indians like basically thought of her and her sister as their family. And ah. she, her and her sister felt like their family, like they were treated right, right, really, right. really well. Um, but she went along with it because she was afraid of the stigma because right. during this time, again, it's not, you couldn't ever be tattooed because you wanted to be, or you couldn't be tattooed because you were part of an Indian tribe's family right, because, right. you know, savages and all. <laughs> God, it's so, it's, it's just so sad. So basically, um, she backs this book being written that she didn't actually write. That somebody, It was like a ghostwriter mm-hmm. that was talking about, you know, her trials and tribulations while she was taken, you know, by the Indians. <laughs> and um, she went on to, like, give book tours and speaking at schools to young girls. So she really went down. this. I mean, she did because she, <laughs> she would, but, but she honestly, it's, from what I read, she seemed very fearful that she would never be accepted by, because she had been taken away from her family very young. I don't even know if she was ever brought back to her family. They didn't really explain that in the book. So she might have just been on her own. <laughs> and her fear, I feel like, is very genuine because people are very judgmental, especially when it comes to the bodies of women. Right. Um, no. I, I know, right? <laughs> so um, I think, you know, Let's she... Let's just take she, a walk down the uh, recent Twitter memory lane of the Republican Party. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, my God. It's like, you, you can look... The writing's on the wall literally everywhere. Facebook walls, yes. Twitter's all the walls. So... Um, she didn't. She didn't go the whole route of doing the circus sideshow thing. She yeah. like tried to do it properly because, I think that was her way of trying not to make it so like. She's trying sensationalized, to sensationalized. Yeah. You know, like because she knew in her head exactly what had right. happened. Y'all um, be tripping over nothing. Right. <laughs> 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 um. 
So, yeah, I mean, she was the first one that actually had the backstory that fit, um, but then didn't really use it in the way that the other women had right, as sensational right, right. journalism and to get people to come pay their, like, their bitcoins or whatever. Right. So, like, <laughs> their see bitcoins. them. <laughs> Hey, it's probably two bits, not Bitcoin. I'm just going to go with Bitcoins because I still don't know what they are, and they could have existed forever, as far as I'm concerned. They're monopoly money that only exists on the internet. I'm sorry, do you then take uh, tap pay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, and another great just thing: some guy standing there just tapping it out of tits. It's like, come on. Take my money. Where, like, I, where exactly would I swipe this card? Yeah. Well, uh, in Family Guy, when uh, Quagmire swipes it down her butt yeah, do cheeks. Yeah. Do you take credit? Yes. <laughs> uh, so the circus that that a lot of these women went to was Barnum and Bailey's, which is like the biggest, most prominent circus, and in, in at least in our history, I don't know about the world. I know that they traveled the world and you know did shows like all over, but. Um, there was another team, there's a brother and sister team, um, Annie and Frank Howard, that were part of Barnum and Bailey's act. And um, they also used the kidnapping story as well, but they were tattooed by um, Frank, who was one of the guys that was working with the um, yep. tattoo gun, uh, Martin Hildebrandt, which is um, Hild uh, Mrs. Hildebrandt's husband. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then. Um, and other people, and then Annie was tattooed by O'Reilly and and her brother, who was also her hubby. Apparently, they weren't mm. brother and sister. <laughs> they just used that as a ploy. So um, there was there's a lot of history, and like I said, this is a little convoluted because this is kind of how it was given to me. Um, where and I was saying like you know Woodward, um, Irene Woodward, she succeeded more because she was more attractive, mm -hmm. and what ended up happening. Um, uh, with uh, Hildebrandt was that she ended up like gaining weight and um, it was I think off-putting <laughs> even then when women gained weight it was very off-putting and I mean her tattoos were gorgeous Yeah. Um, and I'll show you guys pictures. Was that a smiling kabuki mask or a frowning kabuki mask? <laughs> I don't know. It used to be a smile and now it's a frown. Yeah. <laughs> it's called gravity, motherfuckers. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um so she ended up kind of uh, going off into obscurity where Woodward, um, Irene Woodward is kind of like the icon of that, that generation. Yeah. Um, and she, she was really cute and she had these really fantastic tattoos. I can't believe these women sat through that. I mean, again, I'll show you these pictures when we yeah, take, yeah. you know, after the show. But, um, yeah, it was kind Especially of. Especially if you're talking like prior to the tattoo gun mm -hmm. where it's like. Needles on a stick, like that was one way of doing it where it was the, the tap method, which was more of the, the tribal method of actually right. like tapping the design in. That doesn't look pleasant. I've I've watched guys that have many tattoos try to get a traditional tribal design and they just like wince at the pain because it's it's just terrible. And I could see that. Yeah. I, I have no desire. I don't feel like I have to, like, legitimize my tattoos <laughs> by getting a traditional type of tattoo. Right, right. I just like them. I think they're pretty. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's my body. I do what I want. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I have a lot more on this, but I yes. think maybe we should. I think we should definitely split it into we'll, two we'll shows. We'll split it into two shows. Yeah. And um, so. So is it, are you saying it's time to. Pop out the plugs. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. They had, they had to keep reminding me to yeah. do that. Because <laughs> he had to be you. Because yeah. none of us can do that. I was like, really, I'm like this, this is Dev's big skill? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that what I bring to the table. He also brings bourbon cookies, cookies yes, to right. the table, bourbon, which is yeah. a very great skill. And his cupcakes are out of this world. So he has a lot of skills. Damn it. Uh, all right. So I guess I'll go first. Uh, right. Since Trico's not here, I'll plug the website, shotofhistory.com. Yeah. Um, you can go there and there's a bunch of links to our stuff where you can join Audible and get some stuff for your uh, for your listening eyes. I feel terrible yeah. saying that. <laughs> I, well, it's kind of our thing, though. Yeah. I think it sounds amazing. Um, I love it. <laughs> which uh, I actually did download Audible, and I'm listening to Dune on Audible because I've never read it. Oh my god, you are and in it's the for full such a cast case. reading. So I'm. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Have you started it yet? I'm. I think I'm on chapter. Four. It's 2017. I've never read it. I've, I've not even watched Dune. the movie. I am so excited yes. for you right now, Dev. When you are done, um, when you're done yeah. listening to it, can we please discuss yes. it? Because yes. it's one of my it. all-time favorites. Dave is like, staring me down uh, hardcore because I've never read Dune. <laughs> this, that's like f- for like geek perspective. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. That's right up there with. I don't know if you ever went back and looked like yeah. when Bob revealed that he had never seen The Godfather. <laughs> not watched The Godfather either. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to have some issues. There's going to be a tussle in front of Podcast Detroit. Like we gave him, I gave him shit. Yeah. Week. After week, week, after week, yeah. for literally and three so months. He until he, and he was like, he was like, dude, I, I watched The Godfather and like, I get it now. Like, now I understand The Sopranos and, and I understand Scarface. And I understand, I'm like, why do you think I've been telling you? Yeah. But anyways, yes. So audible.com, uh, uh, historytees.com. Net. Net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Historytees.net. Go there, get some sweet, sweet <laughs> t shirts. <laughs> it was a very nice trike uh, impression there. Uh, hashtag like alt trike. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for my personal plugs, uh, always fuck Steve and, <laughs> uh, you know, listen to Snake Oil Comics because Snake Oil History currently is still on hiatus. And I'm sure. Uh, Ellie's not happy about that, <laughs> uh, but you know, with oh, that whole sound horror, is yeah, that still going on? That's that's the one that's on hiatus right now. Oh, so, you said yeah. history. Snake oil history, whatever. This show is not okay. on hiatus. <laughs> I was like, you guys have a history show too. No, this, this is a conflict of interest. I keep I keep trying to get Trico to come into the web, <laughs> um, but no, uh, we've got. Uh, yeah, that that shows on hiatus. Uh, hopefully, it's coming back soon. Now that we're sure that SoundCloud isn't going to die. <laughs> nice. That that uh, I I really can't wait to have that conversation on our show Monday night. People are so stupid, so <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I mean they've they've got their their infusion of money. They're going to be around for a while. So there, it was a little touch and go. Can I no, can I run through my thing real yeah. quick? So here's the deal. Midroll is like our big ad agency yep. that we deal with. The only platform they are integrated with is SoundCloud. Right. Not Spreaker, not Podbean, yep, yep. not anything. So then uh, Scripps bought mm-hmm. Midroll. Yep. Then Discovery bought Scripps. So mm-hmm. now there's giant bags of money laying around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my whole thing is they're just watching SoundCloud freefall until so they, they buy swoop it. In. Because yeah. then you own content, advertising, marketing, and distribution. Yeah. 
That's like the holy grail. That's, yeah, that's and more pretty much point, exactly what happened. <laughs> in, through all of this, not once did an email, phone call, memo, text, yeah. carrier pigeon, anything come right. out from mid-roll going, just in, even just, just in, in case, case, here's what you should do. Right. No. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'll worry. No. When they yeah, say yeah. I need to worry about it, I'll worry I'll, about I'll it. I'll worry about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, the the snake oil horror guys were worried about it. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, as always, again, fuck Steve. <laughs> Well, for my plugs, I'm going to plug stephaniemenard.com for all your Stephanie Menard needs. I don't know what those really needs may be. Well, I mean, most of them. <laughs> it, it depends on how much money you want to deposit into my PayPal. Uh, <laughs> Next week, Stephanie will be setting up a Patreon, and the top tier will be $700. And, 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 and suddenly there's video cameras in all the studios. Yeah. There we go. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to my friend uh, Mara Powell, who is directing um, this short film that I'm in called Cannabis Cannibals. It's very campy. It's very John Waters. It's very... Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we filmed over half of it. We have probably about 20, well, like two-thirds. So we're going to be finishing up filming on the 20th. So very excited. As soon as awesome. I have, like, the super bloody, gory pictures, you know I'm <laughs> posting them on Facebook. So nice. look out for those. Um, I will post those on my Instagram and my Facebook and my Twitter and all those fun places. So uh, definitely check that out. And Psychopath 3 is in... Um, colors right now so hopefully uh september that's got my fingers crossed for september uh monroe comic-con okay cool that's 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 the hope so we'll see what happens nice Dave. Oh, hey, I Plug yeah, I always stuff, read this Dave. part. Um, and, and obviously, podcast Detroit. Uh, we we have our Ooh. new studio open downtown. Uh, we did our open Which house. Which was first revealed on the show. It was actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the open house down at uh, DSDT on Thursday night, along with a podcaster meetup, and it was friggin' phenomenal. We had so many people. It was show up. sweaty as hell in there because oh there were so many people. <laughs> well, Seriously, and they didn't just us. boob sweat yeah. for days. Not just me, like all the dudes in there too. Well, <laughs> Um, Bob's a big dude. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's kind of cool. We've got, it's easily our biggest studio. It is the most acoustically dead studio. We've got the green screen video, all that crap down there. It's also the studio that smells the most like glue. So if you want to get high. Because we had just done. Yeah. Because so it's like we had to do the back of the door. Like, so we had the vinyl wrap on the front and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and finish this off and put like sound tiles on the back of the door. Well, you could put, you can't put sound tiles on the back of a door or metal door with say staples. You have to Uh, use glue. So spray glue. And I did that like. Earlier in the day before the event. <laughs> I walked down there and I'm like, I was down there for like five minutes. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm getting high, man? <laughs> I feel like I'm a little off right now. I had, had no alcohol. Dave's oh, just, no, I take that back. I had one scotch. Right. But that was like over an hour before then. So yeah. it's clearly Dave's not Dave's just scotch. in the middle of the room. You guys want to get high? <laughs> you guys wanna, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's the code? No, that's just too fucky time. Yeah, no, and then um, we're doing the uh, the National Podcast Power Conference, uh, and I feel kind of weird going to anything with the name power uh, in the title right now. Uh, um, well, 
But I'm just saying. Um, it's about podcast power. Podcast power. Uh, still wrong with a little that. weird. Still, still a weird. Uh, but that is September 23rd down in Perrysburg, Ohio, uh, which I think, if I understand correctly, is somewhere outside Columbus. Um, and so it's kind of okay. cool. We've got a lot of fun. There's like a lot of good speakers. Um, tickets are on sale. We're doing a bunch of stuff. God knows is, we're going to be buying a lot of drinks. Is there anything fun to do in Perrysburg? Like, is there a reason for me to go? The Power um, Podcast Us convention. buying all the drinks and getting <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but I have to drive all the way there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. We I'm sure you can hey, figure something out. A, it, Kirsten just walked in, and she's driven further than that to not get laid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it moved. <laughs> 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 this is why Code Dave would buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that <laughs> note, I think it's time to wrap up the show. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. I'm just the random guy, Dave. Shot of history. I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. And we also have stepping in for Trico, who is sick. David. That's his story, and he's sticking to it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm back. I, I couldn't miss another discussion of tats. Yes. Right. We all love tats. Beautiful, beautiful tats. Tats. <laughs> No and we Madonna. also have Ellie Posse. here with us as a surprise guest. Oh my goodness, who knew? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what happens when you show up in rare look and like, I need to kill some time. Yeah. yeah. I get out of church. Preferably not accompanied by police officers. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard about that. <laughs> like, by and large, I'm okay with random drop ins, just not while accompanied by police yeah. officers. Yeah, no. they, they said I had to be in some place. <laughs> I need to get a podcast in Detroit. Nope. <laughs> just give me a call, I can get in. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sidebar from my day yesterday. That was, yeah, that was, a, that was a thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. it sounded like the worst. Um, so before we do anything here, mm-hmm. Dev, what did you bring for us today? I brought uh, salted chocolate bourbon cookies. Okay. Or as I'm calling them, bourbon bourbon chips. <laughs> yes. I'm going to try one of these right now. This is my shot today. There you go. I'm still going to do a shot, but I am going to eat this cookie or at least try it. Mm -hmm. Try it. Uh huh. Mm. Or also make a mess, you know. There's that. Oh, it's okay. No pressure. We're all staring at you because this makes great radio. Staring at your your lovely flesh art. (laughs) Flesh canvas. (laughs) These are pretty damn good. Well, they're yeah. they're bourbon cookies, yeah. And and he said they were made with vanilla, aged in bourbon, bourbon barrels. barrels, yeah. So they are bourbon and, bourbon chip cookies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't put the uh, smoked salt on it, which is smoked with bourbon staves. Well, why the <laughs> hell not? What is that? Hell? I felt I felt like the the smokiness might have not meshed well. Well, that's when you bring some salt to add as a garnish. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just in case. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, you know, if you need more salt and in your diet. And or deposit directly onto my tongue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, thank you. Yes. <laughs> here for you. I don't, I don't have the bell. <laughs> oh, wait, I do have a bell. Never mind. There are did, bells. Did we not get the indictment shot glass out because Trico's not here? Uh, yeah, yes. We did not. We did not get it because yeah. we don't need to. No, really, we don't. I think there was a word that I said in the last episode that I just, I wrote it really funky, so it's my fault because I can't read my own handwriting. Right. <laughs> and if I have to do an indictment shot later, I will. Yeah. You yeah. know, if somebody we'll calls me out on it, I will take that extra shot. Because yeah. I'm I'll not eat another scared. cookie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bite that bullet. All right. Ah, sorry, I had to like wash that down with a little bit of water. Because <laughs> of the salt? Chaser. Yeah, like it was, but like the salt was good. Yeah. It was like just the right amount. It wasn't too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't need a lot of like salted um, like chocolate, but yeah. I do enjoy it when I do. <laughs> Good job, Dev. Yay me. Yay. <laughs> so we are going to delve back into the world of tattoos, mm. tattooed women to be specific. <coughs> and before we do that, we're going to do our shots. And our, I'm doing the single barrel crown again. And I am doing the uh, Traverse City Whiskey Company Company straight, uh, straight bourbon whiskey because it's not Kentucky because it wasn't made in Kentucky. <laughs> there we go. It's a rule. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. If it's not in Scotland, it's not Scotch. Yeah. And I ate a exactly. Cookie. Yeah. And I ate a cookie for my shot because I have to go to rehearsal after this. <laughs> <laughs> How you don't long are you rehearsing today? Oh, three hours. <sighs> it's gonna be fun. Three to three to six ish. Last time we got out at like 6.30, so it could be 3 to 6.30. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out on Facebook later, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure you will. <laughs> and and what are you going to rehearsal for? Oh, thank you. I'm going to rehearsal for the Avon Players production of Titanic the Musical, opening on September 8th. Shut up, Dave. I feel like that's been mentioned before. <laughs> it has. <laughs> <laughs> you can get your tickets at avonplayers.org. It's a really cool show. Go back and listen to the Titanic episode if you haven't. And if you have, then go listen to the watch list episode from this past week where I call in and talk about Titanic conspiracy theories. Yay. She's all up on them podcasts. Uh, <clears throat> nope, I'm going to let that one slide. What? Yeah, I'm just going to let it pass. I'm like, who doesn't want to listen to women talking about things going down? I, I'm going <laughs> to... <it's, laughs> <laughs> That is appropriate trico humor. Mm-hmm. So you you're filling in yeah. very well yes. for him. He fills that hole nicely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. So I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ted So, back to tats. Yeah. <laughs> Avonplayers.org. <laughs> no, we're just randomly going to tattoos. <laughs> okay, so I hope that you listened to the last episode because I'm just going to kind of continue where I left off. Um, we were talking about the eighteen, the late 1800s and the emergence of tattooed women um, being showcased in museums and joining circus sideshows or freak shows, as we like to call them. Um by the 1920s, there were um, hundreds of people that were, like, fully tattooed. Like, they were trying to do this as a career, traveling across America, Europe. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of crazy because 
they saw that these people were making money. At this point, there mm-hmm. it still wasn't oversaturated, but it, this yeah. is where I think like it really did get a little bit oversaturated. Right, right. I do. I feel like it's me realizing that PewDiePie, friggin' PewDiePie, made like fifteen million dollars last year. Mm-hmm. Well, via a YouTube channel talking about people watching people play video games. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. That would. That almost made me change my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd have to be like PewDiePie, and no one wants that. Yeah, it sounds like true. a terrible mm-hmm. life choice. Mm-hmm. But you know. Uh, so a figure you, th- you threw out last uh, last week was a thousand dollars. Some of these guys were making to stand in art museums. Yes. I couldn't go back into the 1800s to do the inflation calculation, but I could go back to 1913. Okay. And in 1913 dollars, $1,000 would now be $24,000 a week to stand in a museum and just let people look at your tattoos. Like... It were museums different then? Like, I feel like I'm yeah, I'm culturally actually, unsophisticated. Yes, people actually went to museums back then. Well, there's that. But like, I, like, I'm used to, I'm used to like the Smithsonian, where um, you know it's Sorry, like it's sorry. dinosaurs and yeah. like the Hope Diamond. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was an episode of Futurama where right. it was all about fat guys <laughs> with art tattooed on their stomachs. Yes. Like, was that like is that just coming back to the early 1900s? I th- I so. Is that a thing now? I think so. Maybe. Uh, all right. I mean, that's an incredible, like, if you really think about it, like, yeah. that's what I was saying, like, $1,000 a week back then was like... I mean, that's like Kardashian money. It is. Yeah, almost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would consider getting full body tattooed for that. I mean, why not, right? Um, so, yeah, by the, the 1920s, there was a lot of people doing this. Um, they were traveling. They were, like, you know, in sideshows. There were, like, couples and, like, brothers and sisters, and they were, like, always trying to find, like, a new angle mm-hmm. to, like, sell it because it, at this point – it had all kind of been said and done and, you know, right, right. try to keep it fresh, super fresh. <laughs> um, the cool thing was is that at this point we saw tattoos changing from just like um, a lot of these women just let the men tattoo whatever they wanted on them. They're like, just I'm your canvas, do whatever you want. And they would tattoo like, uh, you know, maybe like some religious stuff, maybe some mm-hmm. um you know, nothing that was personal to the woman, right, not right. like anything that nothing she, like today, which would have been like a big throbbing dick on their back. Right. <laughs> they wanted because they saw it, these it women. W- please. You don't think if a woman walked into a, into a tattoo parlor, it was like, you, you can tattoo me. whatever you want on me. And the guy's not going to put a big throbbing dick on her back. <laughs> Well, somewhere. I'll be honest. I I think you're enjoying saying big throbbing <laughs> dick I, way big too much. Throbbing <laughs> dick. I mean, it, it is. You know, it's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, so yeah, like the women just kind of let these guys do, like whatever kind of art they wanted to do. They gave them the creative license, which is really, um, I think, kind of great and freeing. But most of them are being tattooed by their boyfriends or husbands, so mm-hmm. they trusted them. It wasn't like. You know, you're going into a random tattoo shop and you're like, hey, tattoo whatever. And then Deb tattoos a big throbbing dick on your back. BTD. BTD. (laughs) No, you have to say the whole thing. I feel like if you say big throbbing, you have to go with cock. I I feel like. Big throbbing cock. That works too. I mean, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Big throbbing tallywhacker, maybe? Yeah, see, not the same. (laughs) 
Uh, I think if you go anyway. tallywhacker, you have to go with pulsating. Yeah. It's, always, a, it's a pulsating tallywhacker. It always comes back to this. So you have to have an accent uh, when you say it, yes. too? Yes. Oh, with the word like tallywacker, absolutely. Yes. Oh, it's a wee little tallywacker. <laughs> I mean, you can't. That's a wee little tallywacker he's got there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> You notice how much we're not talking about dicks and how much they are? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was just like uh, guiding a plane. Yeah. 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 Exits are located here. Yeah. here, here. Yes. <laughs> so, so, tats. Yes, anyway, uh, women were finally um, getting to, they had more choice over like what they wanted. They could finally say, hey, okay, this has been happening forever. Yeah. I want this. Um, and so they were finally in a place where they could have more control over not only what they put on their bodies, but how they control their finances. So a lot of times, as we were talking about in the last one, um, they had like their husbands, their husbands were tattooing them and also like managing them and working with them. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have full control over like their money. And this era saw women kind of like taking that back and saying, I want to be independent. I don't want to work with a man Husband or not, like they can tattoo me. They're going to tattoo what I want, and I'm going to work where I want. So sassy bitches. I love this shit. This is where they start getting sassy. They're like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm done with you owning my shit. I love it. Um, And they also started putting tattoos in their bodies that were more like their personal beliefs, um, iconic things from like maybe like wherever they were from in the world. Uh, there was a lot of like, <laughs> there was a lot of pictures of like patriotic stuff too. Um, this is we're, this is like uh, nineteen the nineteen twenties. So oh, okay. going like okay. World War One. Yeah, you know there was a lot of patriotic tattoos. Um, I, I feel like women really felt patriotic during this time because it was it was a very rough time for the world, and they were trying to do something in their own way to right. support that. Um, by and getting tattoos all over their body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Well, well they didn't have Facebook yet to be a slacktivist. Uh, so, right. you know. <laughs> so, True. Now, before we were talking in the last episode, they used to have these backstories. Yep. Where, you know, they had been taken by savages. And, oh, my goodness, I can control what happened. We were taken by savages. Is and, it called and, a backstory because it's the story of why there's ink all over their back? <laughs> but um boom no, that's like, that was like a legit question. Like that was one of the like that could be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to Google it. Okay. I, 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 I mean, the show needs an entomologist. Yes, <laughs> we need somebody to scrape through all of our talks and find out what they can find. Um, so instead of doing these stories about savages, they were like, "Oh, I did this for romantic love," and you know. Love made me do it. So it was still, but they were like trashing men at the same time. They were saying, love made me do it. And then the guy left me. So it was making men look kind of shitty. Um, I don't oh, know if this is shame. I don't know <laughs> if it was like a reclamation of like uh, feminism at this point or what it really was because it wasn't yeah. d- discussed fully in the parts of the book that I read. Gotcha. Um, but I was like, wow, like they went from letting men just like do whatever they wanted to them to being like, oh, I did this for love. And then he left me. So fuck that guy. I'm independent. <laughs> so we had our independent women getting tatted up yeah, and, yeah. you know, doing the sideshow circuit, <laughs> which is super fun, I guess. Well, um, do you think they had to have that backstory because it wasn't commonplace for women to be strong and in a place of power with their financials? Oh, totally. Yeah. 
Uh, that's probably more what it stems from is right. Like, oh, my my love of my life tatted me all up because he was an aspiring tattoo artist, and then he and then he left me because he's a huge piece of shit. And now I'm I'm an independent lady. <laughs> I feel like that. No, I feel like that would have been a blues song. I feel like that would have been yeah 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 1920s. Whatever, yeah yeah. yeah. Sung Cab by, Calloway. Uh, yeah. Sung by a, a like very James large, yeah, yeah, very large <laughs> lesbian blues singer. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this is what I was talking about. Oh my god! Dave just lost it. I'm sorry. Just I, your facial expressions are are amazing yes. when it comes to like when 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 you're done with yeah. us. So it, yeah. 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 So carry on. Please. Okay. So, so anyway. you were, as you were as you were discussing uh, in the first part of this episode, mm-hmm. I was talking. Uh, I mentioned uh, Betty Broadbent. Who, mm-hmm. well, I didn't mention her by name, but she was the one who was 17. She left to join the circus at 17 uh, to be her own woman, to be in charge of herself and not have to depend on anyone. That was like her own words. Um, Ex- and, except the circus. <laughs> I mean, <you're> right. <laughs> she had to depend on the circus actually making money. Well, everybody has to depend on getting paid from somewhere. Right, right, right. But she didn't have to depend on like a husband or, you know, the the path that women are supposed to take when they're 17 (laughs) and like the 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So, okay. 1939 rolls around, World Fair. Again, I mentioned Mm -hmm. this in the last show. First tattooed beauty queen contest. Well, no, it wasn't all tattooed, but she was the first contestant in the. First contestant. like with tattoos. With, yeah, with a bunch of tattoos. So um, she was kind of a big deal and she was kind of an icon for people because she, uh, television was fairly new and to see a woman like just completely covered in tattoos and she was really beautiful. She was a very beautiful woman and she didn't have like a husband or anybody to like back her up financially. She did it all on her own. So very nice. All the honeys making money. Throw your hands up at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh my gosh. I listen to Queen Bee. <laughs> so with TV coming into the picture, then we you know, we started having movies, television, and it kind of took like the sideshows hype away because nobody cared anymore. You could go watch movies and that was like way more exciting than going to see yeah. the same tattooed women and the same bearded ladies and the same dwarves and the same, you know, whatever it is. Right. So, um, well, yeah, you have a, a different outlet for entertainment that doesn't require you to be around carnies is kind of what it boiled down to. Basically, you felt yeah. safer sitting in your own living room, right, yeah. <laughs> which I totally get. But then there was also the stigma of tattoos um, because of the concentration camps. Um, that makes and sense. And they tattooed for people who know history mm-hmm. and who don't think that the Holocaust never happened. Because there are some of those people that live on yeah. this planet. Um, that yeah, but screw them. Exactly. Yeah. This this is this is not for you. Yeah, screw them and their tiki torches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and their Dodge Challengers driving through crowds of people. <laughs> not trying to get political, but we are saying <laughs> fuck you. Well, we are you. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're and just saying fuck you. And their bastardized Red Wings logos. Kiss my ass. Oh, my God. I, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the next episode, got it, go. <laughs> I, I still have a whole page of this. I'm, I'm like, Dev and I have like got mental notes for three more episodes. Yeah. We're good, go. <laughs> um, so yeah, tattoos started to become taboo. So, and people in movies didn't have tattoos. So mm-hmm. people are looking at a whole new thing. Yep. And um, So Hitler not only ruined 
the Charlie Chaplin mustache. <laughs> he ruins tattoos. But tattoos as well. Nice. Absolutely he Way did. To go. He, he was I mean, good. in addition to everything else bad he did, let's be yeah, clear. No, he, was a, but, <laughs> he was not yes. a good human. Um, so in the 50s and the 60s, tattoos actually became banned in some cities. So you could not actually get tattoos. You'd have to like. Which made them more attractive. Of course. It's like, and, you know, prohibition. Yeah. I'm going to a speakeasy, bitches. Give me that gin. Bathtub gin. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cared. And that's where like the flappers were all like, yeah. woo, bathtub gin. Look at my <laughs> dress. It shakes around a lot. Super fun. <laughs> oh my God. This is gold right now. <laughs> really wish there was a camera. <laughs> well, there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is the time when tattoos started to become a sign of rebellion, which is weird because you, I felt like, you know, what the women were doing earlier was still rebellious, whether or not they had like those crap. Well, backstories. but they were. Yeah. I mean, they were building backstories to make it, it sound was, like it wasn't rebellious. It, it was, was rebellious, right. but it wasn't the sort of mainstream rebelliousness that yeah. it's getting to here where like it's now just banned for everybody. So now it's mainstream, yeah. like the you know you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. no, like I got it's, you. It's a, it's a different level of. Yeah, as soon as you start like banning things, and again, yeah. it's only it was only in, like certain cities. It mm-hmm. wasn't like statewide anywhere. It was just certain cities in certain states, and um, it they were. I'm guessing the South, <laughs> the South banned a lot of tattoos. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> tattoos were a sign of masculinity at this point, mm-hmm. and. Um, I kind of feel like they were earlier when I was reading this book. I got the sense that, again, with the backstory, yeah. it was like you couldn't just get tattooed as a woman. There right. was that was still a man thing, even though the sailors were judged almost equally, but not quite as much because they yeah. were sailors and yeah. I mean, they get they're men, crazy shit, white so, men mostly. Yeah. yeah, so they can do what they want. If if you were <laughs> from like a white country, then yes, there, there was mostly white men. <laughs> <laughs> So there were still women that were trying to work the circus yeah. freak, you know, circuit. They're like, yeah, hey, yeah. we're going to do this. Um, one of them was uh, uh, Betty Broadbent. She was still trying to work it. And this is after, I think, <sighs> I feel kind of bad for her. <laughs> but you okay, anyway, I'm, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to stop there okay. with that. Uh, but yeah, she was still working, but she had to start wearing less clothing. So this is where it got to be, I need to make money, so I need to take less clothes off because more now there's off. all this other entertainment. Yeah, Nobody more. really has to come here and spend their money. Right. So what am I going to give them extra? And so she, I mean, she wasn't, again, you know, just pasties in a thong. Mm-hmm. I don't even, did thongs exist? Can you, somebody Google this? Uh in the 30s? In the 30s? Did thongs exist? Uh, I'll keep talking. Yeah, please continue. Yes, I will keep talking. Um, I, most I see her in um, bloomers and a bra. Okay. Yeah, they wore, but you're finding her in bloomers and a bra? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to know when the first Well, thong. they probably wouldn't have taken a picture of her in less than bloomers. Entirely like, possible. Most sources concede that the modern thong was introduced in 1939 when New York City Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia demanded that new dancers cover themselves a bit more. Oh. And we talked about LaGuardia way, artichoke way, way back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, the oh my artichoke God, like King our... episode. Yeah, he was yeah, the, the yeah. artichoke. Yeah, the artichoke yeah. episode. I, I, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's her in her later years. Well, 
people get old, dude. Like, <laughs> we're all going to look like that someday. No, I know, but she was still working the circuit and doing things. That's that's what I mean. That well, still... because she, at that point, she was well, at that point, an that's icon. Probably... She, was like, she was one of those women that I would have gone to see. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how, to, how out of shape you are or whatever. You did something that you felt was right, and you stood up in a way. Maybe you didn't want to be a feminist, but you kind of were. Well. Like well, by but default? I mean, her so. her stuff had been all over the place at that point. So I'm I'm guessing most places, like if she was go to be a secretary or something, they probably would have been like, "Whoa, we know what's going on here. Uh, we're not going to hire you." I mean, you know, there's a big stigma still around hiring people with a bunch of tattoos. That's very true. So um, I, I'm guessing even if she wanted to change careers later on in life, it wasn't really an option for her. Eh, true. I'm almost done here. Okay. Almost Good. done. <laughs> um, so Cindy Ray, who was one of the last great um, circus ladies, got tattooed at 19 and married the guy who tattooed her, which seems to be like a like a theme here. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe that connects them. Um, his name was Danny Robinson. Um, Harry Batram had her tatted and took photos of her sitting... Or sorry, he was selling them and not paying her for them. So basically, he had taken or he got her tatted. He paid for her mm-hmm. to get the tattoos. Mm-hmm. Took pictures of her. Never paid her for any of them. Um, he never implied that he was doing. Well, he implied that he would not be doing what he was doing, like for evil, like you know, um, right, right, just right, tattooed. Right. We're you're, we're gonna make you a star, blah blah blah. Right, like right, you know, right, right. really tried to work her. Um, so basically, he took photos of her and sold them and didn't pay her for anything. He even wrote a book under her name, was talking to her fans <laughs> as if he were her. <laughs> Interesting. Because again, he I think this guy just wanted to have that like popularity and right. the the fame that she had because she was a very pretty woman and she mm-hmm. was tattooed and people really liked her. So um, what ended up happening is that um, she didn't disband the book. Like she said, whatever, just let it, let it slide. She's like, yeah. most of what he said was true. Some of it is complete bullshit and she's gone on the record and like explained everything because she was not that old. And she's, I think she's still alive, actually. Um, what was the name again? Uh, Cindy Ray. Cindy Ray. We uh, keep continue talking and I'll, I'll. Oh, my loud? <laughs> no, oh I'm God. saying, you know what I meant. <laughs> Don't be that way. The only thing saltier than Dev's cookies is Steph today. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. I know. Uh, actually, no, she is still alive. Uh, she's a tattoo artist, and she has, like, if you go into her tattoo studio, she has, like, you know, old photos of herself and, you know, like, back when she was younger. And people go to her just because she was the last great tattooed circus lady. And I would love to meet her and just I said, almost, That's almost road trip worthy. Yeah. Uh, no, yes, she is from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell of a road trip. It, yeah. It'd be worth it to me, though, because th- there's a lot of history there. And she she grew up watching all these other women come up. And then she did her thing and did it completely different because she had to 
times were different. Yeah, so, it seems like her tattooing wasn't nearly as extensive as some of the earlier Right, tattoos. she was more, like, she kind of led it into the pinup thing. Yeah. Like, if you look at her, like, her photos, she did, like, a lot of, you know, like, boudoir kind of things, and she had a decent amount of tattoos, but she wasn't, like, inked, you yeah. know. Well, like, yeah, she had, like, the, the one that I see in this picture, she had, like, the hula gir- topless hula girl on the one arm, and... You know, kind of one of those big cowl pieces. It's it's all very, very well done. Right. And I think her big claim to fame was that she still had some of her own skin not covered. Because at that point, there had been so many women that were covered head to toe. She was kind of a different thing. And I feel like her tattoos might have been plotted out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And she she accepted her sexuality, whereas the other ones did not. They were trying to bear, oh, I'm not sexual. I just did this because I was taken by savages, and they did this to me. It was terrible. And she was like, no, I got these tattoos. I like them. Look how cute I am. <laughs> kind of like that. Well, it's, 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 what, when was this again? Um, she started when she was 19, and I think that was... Is it the 40s or the 50s? I don't have it written down here. She was active through 58, it looks like, uh, based on her her profile on Rebel Circus or something like that. Okay. Okay. But, like, I mean, yes, for for her to admit that and and to say that and to, to be that upfront about it would be, like, revolutionary at that point with, with that whole subculture of women. Because, yet, like you said, they... It's like society would not have allowed them to continue if they were up and like upfront about no, I did this to myself. I wanted this done to me. So right. that makes sense. And I, I don't really know like what her statement was because there was no. I really want to read her autobiography. Um, that would be really amazing actually because she had like such a, t- a tumultuous career with what happened. The guy taking her photos and mm-hmm. selling them, and she allowed the book to happen, but then like fixed, you know, in the media, like whatever he did wrong with the book. Um, long story short, like I know we're getting close to time, so um, this was my favorite part uh, of what I've read so far. It was like <clears throat> tattooed circus ladies sacrificed social respectability for their vocation, but they were rewarded with, like, money, travel, recognition. Recognition? I can't even talk. Um, nope. I, I, nope, I'm not trike. I, I'm, I'm not. I would say, that was, also a little I would say that was more of slurring the word, not mispronouncing yes. it, because it, it was, was recognition. One of my, my uh, nostrils is plugged up, so uh-huh. I apologize. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to reach, up? Do you I, reach I, up in there? Hey, I'm on your side here. I said it I'm, was... I'm not going to make you take a shot for it. Don't worry about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Yeah. <laughs> I said it was more of a slurred word rather than a... It wasn't a mispronunciation. Yeah. It wasn't like you were reading Say. the word <laughs> reading the word and go, I feel like it's pronounced this way. <laughs> <laughs> like that other one that I did yeah. with my scribble. Um, but yes, they, they were rewarded for the stuff that they did. I don't know how pleasant it was for them. I think that maybe um, when we read about it, it's they're writing about mostly the good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure it was very uh, difficult, and I give them a lot of props because I don't know if I could have been that woman who was like, I'm going to lie to the world and just get tattooed all over and <laughs> try to change things, and it happened because there's a lot more to these stories. 
as we move on through the decades. And we'll get to that nice. on, at some other point, but I haven't read that far yet. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so is it is it that time? It is. Is it time to pop out the plugs? Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's start with uh, with old Ellie over here oh, hey. to uh, <laughs> plug plug her latest uh, theater uh, endeavor. Yeah, yeah, endeavor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I couldn't even I'm, think of the word. I'm, I'm Just drunk. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> not not bring the cops out drunk, but yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank God, because we would have none of that. Yeah. We would never disrespect <laughs> Podcast Detroit in that no. way. No, ever, ever, in that ever. way. Yeah, plenty of no. other ways, but not <laughs> yes. that way. Well, we will sully its its good nature in many other ways. <laughs> we'll besmirch its reputation <laughs> in plenty of other arenas. There we go. Uh, okay. Well. um... Yeah, uh, Titanic the Musical opens at Avon Players in Rochester on September 8th, uh, running through the 23rd. Um, tickets are $20 to $22 a person, and they're available at avonplayers.org, where you can call by phone and order your tickets there. Um, and I don't have the phone number, but avonplayers.org does. So <laughs> You promised me a front row seat. Just remember that. Yeah. You did. I did promise you a front row seat. So uh, you're going to have to let me know what days you're available, <laughs> and I will get that up for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll get it up for Stephanie. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my plug. Uh, uh, Dave? Uh, let's see. Let's go. Uh, so IT and the D uh, is our networking group that we've been running since 2001 for folks in the information technology industry here in Metro Detroit. Um, we've helped about 2,500 odd people find jobs. Uh, if you go to it and the slash career academy, we have a very cool, pro- cool program that we launched with the state uh, where they will pay for your A plus, net plus, security plus certifications. Uh, we initially launched that in Flint and it is now coming downtown to the same location where our Corktown studio is. Nice. in the Detroit School for Digital Technology. Uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, get yourself you know, retrained, repurposed into a new career. It's, it's kind of a cool thing we're doing. Very awesome. Steph? StephanieMenard.com for most of your <laughs> Stephanie Menard needs, unless you want to wire me money by PayPal, and then we can talk. Are, are we are we gonna start the Patreon account with the seven hundred dollar no. tier where you're just like ah fuck it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could make a living off that, so maybe. Awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, for Trico's plug, since he's not here, go to historytees.net and get some of those sweet sweet tees <laughs> for history needs. <laughs> And uh, go to the <laughs> shot of history. It's like he's here. Uh, it's so ridiculous. The spirit of trike is with us. Yes. <laughs> the, the spirit of trike compels you. <laughs> That's exactly. I was like in my head going there. Uh, Shotofhistory.com. You can go there. You can get the uh, links to our... Amazon affiliate program, Audible affiliate program. I'm still listening to Dune. I have not given up on it yet. <laughs> Good. Good. Do not give up. <laughs> um, and uh, for my plugs, uh, Snake Oil Comics, uh, Snake Oil Horror, no. maybe it might be back by now. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and <laughs> as always, fuck Steve and now apparently fuck, fuck Gary. Gary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's all I got. 
All right. So until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. I'm Ellie. And random drop-in guy, Dave, <laughs> who loves tats. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs>